Hello and welcome to the Soundstage Audiophile Podcast. In this second season of the show, host Jordan Guth is joined by a new guest each episode who knows something about hi-fi that Jordan doesn't. And who knows, while he's learning about all of this, you might learn something too. So with no further ado, here's Jordan and this week's guest. Hello and welcome to the Soundstage Audiophile Podcast. Today we have Edgar Kramer, Editor-in-Chief of Soundstage Australia, and Doug Schneider, uh, founder of Soundstage, joining us to talk about the Product of the Year Awards uh, that we just recently published on the Soundstage Network sites. Welcome, guys. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Good to be here. Hello, hello. So thank you, Edgar, for joining us from down under. I know that it's quite early for you in the morning. It's great to be here. No, it's uh, okay. I'm an early riser, so well, not really, but... <laughs> <laughs> You'll make the exception I, I, I for today. I am for today. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. And... We actually have uh, Doug joining us as well. Yes, I'm on vacation, but as usual, working on vacation. So it's you don't really get a vacation. Exactly. <laughs> I'm okay. Where, so, where are you? Punta Cana. Oh, nice. Dominican. Nice. Yeah. Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Rolton Resort with one bar internet, but it's working. Oh, there Why? we go. Why aren't you sitting on the beach? Well, I was. I just came okay. to a quiet room. Otherwise, we'd be here on the beach. <laughs> I mean, that might be a nice ambience for today's discussion. Just saying. Yes. Yes. So today we've gathered everyone around uh, to kind of talk about the Product of the Year Awards. Um, maybe not necessarily go detail into each one or anything like that, uh, but more of the idea behind the Product of the Year Awards. Uh, what makes them special? What makes them different? Um, for anyone that wants to kind of look at the individual products that have won, uh, and kind of get all the details on those. We are going to have links in the show notes, but the Soundstage Hi-Fi site, as well as Soundstage Australia, will have those individual lists. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. an important distinction, that they're published on two different places because they're kind of two different sets of awards. Well, actually, that's a great place to start because the question or one of the questions that I had that kind of has been itching in my brain, um, Soundstage Australia is autonomous. Correct. Edgar has his own site, his own everything, uh, including products of the year. So maybe even just before we get into the products of the year, why does Soundstage Australia have its own kind of ecosystem? That's that. I'll, I'll start with that. I'll start because uh, Edgar will have something to say. But Edgar approached us several years ago to start the Soundstage Australia site. And it was apparent that Australia itself has its own audio ecosystem. It's so far removed from everything. It made sense to have someone not only running it down, down under, but also it is its own vibe, its own thing. Go ahead, Edgar, explain that. Yeah, Australia is, a, is, a, is an ecosystem in itself. Um, I have been writing prior to starting Soundstage Australia. I had been writing for print magazines uh, and for another uh, website publication, an American-based one, uh, for some time. And obviously, through, throughout that time, um, I developed a network in this country. And it made sense to uh, drive Australia independently uh, and support local distributors and local manufacturers with a, an Australia taste, uh, an Australian uh, angle to hi-fi. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's how it started. 
Well, and one of the things I've noticed, so I, I was going through the product of the year awards and some of them are like similar companies or companies that I've heard before and others are like totally new. I've never heard of these companies before. Um, do you deal with a lot more uh, like Australian based companies or is it a different like a market? Like, is there completely it's, it's, different uh, vendors? Is that the idea? Yeah, I mean, Australia is is, is quite unusual because we we're it's it's a vast geographically it's a vast country, but there's only 26 million people, uh, so it, it's a relatively small to medium sized market in terms of hi fi. But there is an incredible amount of uh, brands and products available. Uh, purely because, you know, we have connections with America, we have connections with Europe uh, in terms of our, our distributors who bring lots and lots of products. Uh, there's some large distributors, there are small distributors, there are local manufacturers. Um, so I like to kind of uh, cover all of that as far as product review. Um, so... And, 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 with, and being mindful not to double up in terms of reviews with what uh, Doug and the guys at Soundstage are doing. But it's okay uh, if you do. It's okay because it's your own take on it over there if it does. Of course. Up. Sure, sure. Uh, but in terms of providing value for uh, supporters of Soundstage Australia, they sort of say, well, this has been reviewed in America. Let's do something different. So we, we, we kind of tend to not double up too much. Um, and we obviously want to provide a stage or a platform for local manufacturers to showcase their product on a global, you know, on a, on a global scale. Now, um, when it comes to, I guess, the categories of products of the year, and I want to talk a little bit about like how categories did get defined and all that. Uh, but just while we're still on the topic of Australia, do the categories of the product of the year change between Australia and the, the rest of the Soundstage network? Or are the categories and kind of the awards the same, just may go to different places or different companies? Sure, if I can, if I can start with that. To be honest, I, I, I didn't want to do a from zero to 5000 for $5,000 to $10,000 type uh, categories. I wanted to do something a little different. And what I actually really liked was the way that Doug was doing uh, his categories on on, on, on soundstage. Yeah. Uh, so I adopted that. So I think the categories are very similar, right, Doug? Yeah, they overall, we have the exceptional value and outstanding performance and aesthetics and sound, but then you have a couple others that we don't. Sure. Uh, evolutionary design achievement, which is uh, something that I, I wanted to give credit to products who have had a, a very long lifespan uh, throughout audio history. And that's kind uh, of what we call our, our Hall of Fame award in a way. Okay, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, there, there are products that have had multiple uh, generational development, so I wanted to uh, showcase that. Uh, and it, it is very same to your Hall of Fame uh, award, correct? And, and yep. that one this year went to the Wilson Sasha V, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, because yeah. that's really an evolution of, uh, you know, the, the what puppy and, yep. uh, and, and it's multiple generations. And, uh, and I've, I've actually owned uh, Sasha, the, the, the first Sasha, which is a fantastic speaker. Uh, and this is obviously a refinement 
uh, two, two or three generations um, after that initial Sasha product. Yeah, we were just at uh, Wilson Audio a month or so ago and uh, got to see them in person. And uh, Doug, you might correct me here. I might be uh, wrong, but I believe Sasha was the name of one of their dogs. Is I don't know was? that. I Jer- don't German know Shepherd. That. Yeah, yeah German the German Shepherd. Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, you must correct. have been having that conversation. I don't recall yeah. that. Yeah, we uh, we stopped by uh, the house and and had a demo, and there was one German Shepherd in a photo, and uh, I that was I, Sasha. Yeah, I believe that was Sasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Okay. random aside for today, and yeah. and I'll tell you, I learned not something there, but before because you know it's the Sasha. Many would say five because because it's a Roman numeral V, right? But it's actually V uh, for V material. Material. One of the yeah yeah. So I think you know that would that's a little confusing. Even when um, we're having uh, Dominic Fields and me read out the products of the year because we have a video for that and it's worth mentioning. It's on YouTube and it was like, is it V or five? Oh yeah, it's V. And yeah, then we, we had there, to say it both ways just to make sure we covered ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so what what are some of the other like uh, you mentioned the Hall of Fame? Uh, but then there's also the outstanding performance as well as uh, like exceptional value. Are you um, aiming that at Edgar or me or both? I, both I, probably. I, yeah, I think both would be interesting because yeah, uh, you can... guys came to different conclusions, uh, yeah. similar characteristics. But like maybe actually I'll say let's start with exceptional value. What are you looking for specifically in that exceptional value? Okay. Edgar, you said you didn't want that like that tight range of price, but Price obviously has to come into it in some point. Of course, yeah. Uh, it, you know, what, what does a product offer at, at its price point? Does it offer something that's cookie cutter or does it offer some, some point of difference? Does it offer uh, exceptional materials? Is it beautifully designed? Uh, are the uh, components high quality? Uh, and is the price, you know, affordable? Does it, is, does it reflect a, a sense of, of value? Uh, so that's that's what exceptional value is, and, and and this year I had two products. One was the uh, Delicord FR6 loudspeaker, which is locally made in Queensland, and the company, and it's quite a difficult thing to do these days, but the company uh, goes to considerable effort to produce everything in Australia. So cabinets, uh, obviously not the drivers, but cabinets, binding posts, internal cable, uh, as much as possible components uh, within the crossover network. Um, so, and it's, it looks like a two-way speaker, but you turn it around and there's a, an oval driver uh, covering just about the entire rear baffle, and that's been done before. But uh, within the cabinet itself, it's got, it has another driver. So there's a lot of value in terms of componentry in there. It's beautifully finished. It's a real wood veneer. So that, to me, presented an outstanding value at the $5,000 Australian uh, price point. Uh, and the other product was the uh, Yamaha NS2000A, which uh, is beautifully done. It sounds terrific. Uh, finished in the same kind of with the same sort of quality as Yamaha's pianos, uh, using proprietary drivers, and in Australia, it's it's a it's a very very good value as well. And how does that compare, Doug, to the the ones that came up on the Soundstage Network sites? Yeah, so on the Soundstage Network sites, which encompass 
reviews done on Soundstage Hi-Fi, Soundstage Access, Soundstage Ultra, Soundstage Simplify, and Soundstage Solo. Those are our product review sites. What happens is when we do a review on one of those sites, we have what's called the Reviewer's Choice Award. And it's a kind of notch up for the product if it performs above and beyond. And the criteria uh, used to select Reviewer's Choice outstanding value or exceptional value, I should say, or outstanding performance, which mirrors the awards. An exceptional value means performs well for a price, above and beyond for a price. An outstanding performance means it performs exceptionally regardless of price. And so everything that is in our exceptional value awards got a reviewer's choice award, but not every reviewer's choice uh, winner was an exceptional value winner. We got selected it. those. So we wound up and and we look at who runs those sites, like Dennis Berger runs the Access site, Gordon Brockhouse runs the Simplify site, Jeff Morrison and formerly Brent Butterworth run the Solo site, and then we actually ask other writers to. So we came up with, Gordon was adamant that the PSB Alpha IQ active loudspeaker system get the exceptional value award. He kind of has it on par with the um, CAF wireless, the LS50 wireless in terms of just a quality product. And then the NAD C3050LE integrated amplifier, another exceptional value. The LE limited edition's gone, but it's now the 3050. And Dennis actually owns one now, loved it. So that's how those came. So the question I have there is it's almost equivalent to one per site, but the one thing that I'm not seeing in there is actually a set of headphones. No. And so we don't just give awards to give awards. And that's in the Hi-Fi article. If something wasn't considered exceptional value in the year and didn't get the reviewer's choice nod, and we look through all Jeffrey Morrison's and previous to that Brent Butterworth's reviews, there were no headphones or earphones that were considered exceptional value for an award. So we just leave that out. We want the awards to be legit, meaning not an award for the sake of an award. Yeah, you're not filling a category or filling a quota of this amount of turntables, this amount of X, Y, Z. Has to really, it has to have a reviewer's choice award, and then it has to be worthy. And those were, so they're really a select choice of awards. So maybe I'll take it actually back a step. When I think of year-end product awards or year-end stuff, especially from like, I mean, Uh, some of the more big name publications uh a lot of them the public perception in my mind is that like they're just there to appease the whatever the brands they don't actually hold any weight they may just be like a a roll the dice and whoever comes out on top comes out on top but this actually sounds like more of a legitimate resource for individuals. Oh, 100%. This is the best of the best of what we reviewed. And that's been a thing for years. I I don't want to comment on other publications, even in other areas that much. But yes, a lot of the best of lists, and it's just a bunch of crap, let's face it, that they filled in and said, hey, did we write about this or not or whatever? No, these are the best of what we reviewed. And we felt that they should get an award and actually get a trophy too. And Edgar makes Soundstage Australia trophy. So they're fitting to be awarded something special. And this, this comes back to the whole thing about uh, uh, awarding products based on uh, price categories. 
which which is obviously tr- just trying to to do what Jordan alluded to is that is trying to please just about everything. Well, within, and here's also something, and I've encouraged Dennis Berger to write an editorial on this because hey. There's a magazine out there that does price category awards, and I'll say one word for it. Stupid. Here's why. There is no correlation in Hi-Fi between price and performance. So you go and I see that they have, oh, best loudspeaker, twenty dollars to $50,000. Great. You gave that $30,000 loudspeaker an award that might not be as good as a $10,000 one. Okay, that's the problem with price categories in Hi-Fi. And there are a group of audiophiles out there who think price correlates with performance. And this is nothing new. It's been true for decades. It does not correlate. Yes, some of the best components are very expensive, but you can't count on price indicating that it's going to be a superior performer. So when you, you, when you divide it up by price categories, You've actually got a worthless set of awards. Interesting. Sure. And I, and I guess with some of the uh, super expensive products, you're obviously you're you're expecting sound quality, you're expecting performance, but you're also paying for other things like build quality, component quality, uh, cache in terms of resale value, and uh, in terms of pleasing. The audiophile ego. There's all those sorts of elements. Oh, and that's hundred well. percent. But the misconception is, and um, I don't know if the status and culture book really talks about, but the misconception is that performance automatically comes with it. And you know, back in the back when um, they were doing big sales in Russia, remember the um, at Munich about twelve years ago when people were making gold-plated loudspeakers just yes. because they're putting gold, they're putting gold foil. So and it, it must sound this, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it must sound amazing with that gold foil on the outside, and it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, luckily, we don't see that junk anymore. But it is something that, if you have price categories, it makes no sense. So exceptional value means performs exceptionally well for the money. Probably going to be lower cost, but not necessarily. You know, the um, one that almost snuck into exceptional value was the Rotel Michi X5 Series 2. It's $8,000, but actually the NAD beat it out higher value product. But it could have been exceptional value, even at $8,000. Interesting. Yeah, so it's value for the specific price, not value relative to somebody's notion of what value means. Yes, it's well, it's high value. That's a moving moving target, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And with that, I think we should take a quick musical interlude. uh, And once we're back, we'll get right back into it. See you guys in a minute. Before the break, we were talking um, about the Product of the Year Awards. We were talking a little bit about the the different categories. Now, there's a couple categories that I still want to cover just because I find them really interesting. Um, One in particular, yeah, let's actually start with the people. So 
There is a category in the soundstage uh, side of the awards where it's Outstanding Achievement Awards for the individuals, for the people. Um, Doug, can you tell us a little bit about why there's this category and, and kind of what the point is? And it's not specific to a product, it's an individual. It's so to people, yeah. So it started in, in 2022. And, you know, we've been doing products of the year for over two decades. And we've grown to be the largest group of publications in the world. And as you know, because you're there with us a lot, we travel around the world. We meet people around the world. We have a, a global influence. And this yeah. was decided in 2022 because we have a lot of experience going globally. Uh, we know the people. We know who's done what in the industry to recognize people in the industry. And it was how many in a year and three sounded good. And this isn't just somebody who designed a speaker or something. This is somebody who's had an enormous influence in the hi-fi industry that is recognized globally. And last year, we recognized Dr. Floyd Tool. Did probably the most extensive research of any researcher in the world when he was at Canada's National Research Council as a in the acoustics department doing research and that spun off the Canadian loudspeaker industry and influenced designs for decades that followed. Another person, Paul Barton, that was last year, founder of PSB Speakers, celebrated his 50th anniversary as a company. And likewise, Siegfried Amp, the founder of T plus A, who founded that company in Germany, the largest high-end hi-fi manufacturer in Germany, started as a speaker designer, became an electronics company in 1978. An enormous influence globally in terms of the products they produce, why they produce them, how they produce them. And then this year, we had to come up with three people of equal caliber to recognize outstanding achievements. And one of them is Peter Langdorf, the Danish entrepreneur who started with the well, he started actually as a hi-fi distributor in the 70s. He established the Hi-Fi Club and retail outlets, which are over 100 stores now in five European countries. He founded DALI, Danish audiophile loudspeaker industries. He founded Lingdorf Audio. He founded TAC Millennium. He was the owner of NAD for a while. He was the owner of Griffin Audio Designs. He was the owner of Snell. Uh, he helped co-found Purify, an enormous figure in the worldwide hi-fi scene. Another person this year, Ian Calhoun, formed Axiom Audio in 1980. We believe he was the second person after Paul Barton to work with Dr. Floyd Tool. He went down to NRC, got all his company going because of that research, uh, was recognized that, established a great brand, but then also a couple years ago bought Bryston. And now is in charge of Bryston, has the manufacturing all up where Axiom Audio speakers are produced, and also more recently bought Magnum Dynalab. Actually, many people know them from their tuners, but they started in uh, integrated amplifiers, I believe. But three great hi-fi brands all under one roof. And finally, this is kind of an unknown hero, Dr. Peter Shook. He started at NRC in the 1980s. He's got his PhD in math, master's in math, bachelor's in math, but he's a mathematician and a digital signal processing expert. And he was one of the pioneers of room correction systems. He was working on that in the 80s and 90s and the 90s, something called the Athena Project, which 
eventually, in a way, got absorbed into Paradigm, Paradigm Anthem. That's a whole story. But he went to work for Paradigm and the Anthem brand, and his work became the Anthem Room Correction Software System. Now, there's a whole team involved now, but he's really one of the pioneers of room correction, digital signal processing, and high-performance loudspeakers. He's also designed loudspeaker measurement software. So those are our three winners this year. And it's quite different than uh, the products, obviously, because they're individuals. Is there a limited pool from you to choose from in this sense? Or do you have people in mind for the years to come? I haven't thought about, and Gordon hasn't thought about, neither has the team who we would recognize next year. But we want them to be alive today so they can get the award. Uh, There are probably many, many people of the past. And we want them to have truly achieved something special, something significant, not just, hey, this guy deserves an award because he designed a great loudspeaker. No, you have to have an influence over the industry. And when you look at last year's um, winners and this year's winners, they they are people who have had really a strong influence in the industry to bring something more to it. And so we haven't even started thinking about next year, but honestly, we probably should. Now, was there any other categories, either for the Australian side of things or for the, the network side of things that you really wanted to just talk about uh, or, or kind of go over uh, the philosophy behind the particular award? Uh, I'm yeah, curious I'll- if there's any standouts. Yeah, we used to call these individual awards, but we call them now distinction awards as of this year. Um, These are products that don't fit necessarily in outstanding performance or exceptional value, but stand out as great products. And there were three winners this year. One came under Hall of Fame, which was Edgar's Award, the Mission 770 loudspeaker, which has a lineage that dates back to the late 1970s. The new version is what we gave the award to, designed by Peter Como. Fabulous loudspeaker. The Aesthetics and Sound Award, a product that combines great appearance with great sound. That was an easy winner this year, the Estelon Aura loudspeaker. They really hit it out of the park with this design. A beautiful looking and sounding loudspeaker. And then we have what's called Innovation in Design. Special technology that makes the product truly unique. And that went to the T plus A Solitaire S530 loudspeaker that Hans Wetzel reviewed. It combines line source and line array technology with omnidirectional radiating base, a magnetostatic tweeter, an array of six, I believe, mid-range drivers, a really funky loudspeaker that has a really unique and compelling sound. And it was recognized because you don't see something like that every day and also because of the sound it achieved. I guess from my side of things, uh, and, and I'm not sure whether you do this, Doug, um, but uh, innovation in design, uh, which are products that offer something that's quite uh, unique or unusual for, the, for that category. And yeah, and that's exactly, to... that was for the, the T plus A. Not, okay. We also have something called Pioneering Design, which is something brand new that no one's ever seen before, but there wasn't anything like that this year. That would be, for example, like Class D technology when it got invented. But um, sure. yeah, the innovation in design is a novel technical approach to something. Sure. Uh, and and uh, something that you, I know you don't do is extraordinary auxiliaries. Uh, and this is a category that we think is still quite important uh, where we award products 
that are ancillary to, to, to the main components. Uh, I know cables uh, can be contentious, but uh, I think obviously super important. And this year we uh, gave that to uh, an Italian company called Vita Labs, um, which pr produced some interesting cable designs and without going into the whole uh, debate of, of, of how much of a difference they make, uh, they actually sound fantastic. And I know several high-end manufacturers that use the products uh, for demonstration purposes and within their own development uh, programs. Yeah, for us, those accessories aren't segregated into a separate section. Um, we would put them under exceptional value or outstanding performance. And it just so happened there were no products that actually qualified. Sure. We have in the past uh, recognized accessory type products, uh, power conditioners, uh, that sort of thing too. And that, but there wasn't anything that stood out this year from the reviews. And it was more a product uh, or more a byproduct of uh, they weren't really reviewed that much. We had a lot of loudspeakers, amplifiers, all that. Sure. Uh, we had another interesting product, which is actually locally made. And again, this is a company that's trying to do uh, everything uh, in Australia, which is a very difficult thing to do these days. Uh, so uh, the company is Aspire Audio, and they produce the Belgravia audio equipment racks. Uh, beautifully done uh, with uh, local uh, timbers and also uh, local machining for all the steel parts and so on, uh, and some clever uh, design aspects to it to isolate the products from on each shelf. Uh, and, with, and they actually provided some uh, measurements. So they, and I think they published those on the website where they compare uh, products on the standard rack, you know, or on the just your Costco rack. And, uh, and 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 this product and the differences in in uh, vibrational distortions and so on, which is interesting. That's um, fascinating so, yeah. because I was going to ask about how uh, a rack one gets reviewed in a hi-fi publication. Because aside from aesthetics, I didn't kind of consider anything else uh, relative to that. That's fascinating. Yeah, sure, and that's. Uh, I think a rack has to support the products it, it's you know you, you're placing on them. It has to look good, and and then provide some kind of uh, coupling or isolation. Um, I can tell you a place that, where a rack has a really significant impact: turntables. What you place your turntable on is super, super, super important, and a rack can have an enormous um, impact on the performance of that turntable. And also with valve equipment, uh, you yeah. know, the susceptible to microphonics and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, it, uh, another kind of point here, and I think we already talked about it a little bit, but it's good to reiterate that all of these products, including this rack, have to have a review in order for them to even qualify for the product of the year awards in uh, both the Australia uh, or the Soundstage Network. Um Yes, yes, 100%. I mean, Correct. <laughs> we're going to see a day when AI is more and more, and maybe this is happening already where people are just going to put product names there. But where all of the awards are listed, both on the Hi-Fi site and on Australia, you have links to the reviews as well. So you can read the full review. I also want to mention, can I mention it now, our Outstanding Performance Awards quickly? You can Jordan? mention it now. Yeah. Because I want to say, these are the these are the ones that are, Top performance, no holds bar, price doesn't matter. 
But hey, we put the price there right away. Vivid Audio Kia G3 Series 2 floor standing loudspeaker. Hans Wetzel reviewed that as well. You know, Lawrence Dickey, this is just a killer speaker. And Vivid often gets criticized because of the looks, but it's where form is following function and they sound fantastic. The TAD Compact Evolution 1 TX stand mount speaker, also reviewed by Hans. A three-way coaxial design, super innovative, really, really a great loudspeaker. Comes from Japan. Hegel Music Systems H30A amplifier. Jason Thorpe loved this amp, and that's why that got there. The Simaudio Moon 791 streaming preamplifier. I've written a lot about this in December. It's a killer next generation preamp. I mentioned the Rotel Michi X5 Series 2 integrated amplifier. It could have been exceptional value, but it's so good it got outstanding performance. And then the Luxman PD-151 Mark II turntable, Garrett Hongo reviewed it, Soundstage Ultra, loved it. Superior sound, looks that bring a sparkle to your eyes and sheer ease and assured repeatability of operation. I can't think of a better analog rig than the Luxman table and tone arm is what he wrote. I just read it. And you wanted headphones? You tried these. The Focal Utopias, the 2022 version. Brent Those were really nice headphones. Oh, yeah. Um, and I have to, there was a runner up here and unfortunately it got overlooked. And we went back and forth and back and forth. Yamaha YH5000SE headphones. So Brent Ooh. reviewed these. Jeff Morrison reviewed the Yamahas. It really came down to Brent just said that little bit more that the Focals got the award, but the Yamahas could have got it too. Interesting. As far as Australia, uh, outstanding performance, obviously that's self explanatory, but uh, products that stood out Bowens and Wilkins 702 S3, which has always been an improvement. Uh, from from generation to generation, sometimes uh, minor technical tweaks that have resulted in improved performance. Electric Companion AW800M, which is uh, an amplifier that can be run both as stereo or a monoblock, uh, adding a, another one, Bridget, obviously, um, and uh, reviewed by uh, Tom Waters, who uses... Uh, 801D4 loudspeakers, uh, and there's always been some kind of synergy between Electric Companion and, and Bowers and Wilkins. Uh, so uh, that was, uh, he was, he, he absolutely loved those. Revival Audio Atalanta 5 loudspeakers, which uh, are a relatively new company, uh, French company, and uh, from, I believe, ex Dynaudio designers. Uh, unusual speaker that sound very retro kind of uh, uh, looking and uh, Steve Poley who reviewed that thought they were incredible uh, very very refined sound very mature product for a company that's you know only a few years old uh, Sol Note S3 reference SACD player and clock ex Marantz designers who produce something much more high end much more upmarket than usual Marantz um, and uh, terrific, terrific sounding product, beautifully made. Uh, and then Stenheim Illuminate 2 SC loudspeakers, reviewed by Barry Johnston, who absolutely loved them, absolutely loved them, thought they were incredible speakers. So, um, yeah, that's, that's our outstanding performance. And most of these weren't reviewed on our sites, though we did review the Stenheim, I believe last year, Diego Estan, um, 
Love that speaker too. He found it to lack bass, but it was one of the best stand mounts he's ever heard. And when he fleshed it out with the subwoofer, he was quite blown away. And that's kind of the advantage. The other ones, we'd love to get some sold out um, electric company yet, that sort of thing in. But that's the advantage of having Australia too, because it increases our breadth of coverage. Yeah, and it, it does seem like you get much more focus in the Australian market. Now, Edgar, you also mentioned that uh, Australia itself has quite a lot of um, hi-fi companies that like North America may just never hear about. Sure. I mean, Australia has had some very high-profile companies. Uh, I can think of off the top of my head, Dante Cordio and Halcro. Um, and there probably are others, but there's also a, a wealth of smaller kind of niche boutique manufacturers that are producing really high quality products. Um, and I tried to cover those companies both by way of reviews and news items. We, we have an extensive news page within the website and we publish several news pieces every week. Um, so give those companies uh, some like a global global exposure via Soundstage Australia and obviously the connections between Soundstage, Soundstage Australia and the Soundstage network as a whole. Um, yeah, the, 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 one of the issues with uh, Australian, small Australian manufacturers, and it's probably a, a global problem, but it seems to be less of a problem for, uh, say, American companies or German companies or even Canadian companies, is that they dedicate entire budgets to producing product and not to marketing. So, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 there's no point producing the best amplifier, the best speaker in the world, if no one knows about it. So, this is what I'm trying to kind of uh, provide uh, a platform for these sorts of companies. And to those companies, that's a that's a whole t- podcast topic. Hey, just because exactly. you produce what you think is the best amp in the world, I'm not talking about just the Australian companies, they're all over the place. Doesn't mean sure. anyone's going to buy it. You better figure out how you're going to sell it. You know, yeah. and <laughs> as it, marketing has become a dirty word to people. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, think of it as informing people. Sure. 100%. Um, that kind of leads me to something else, which is unique in this Product of the Year award uh, in that this year, not only was there the written articles and the publications, uh, but we also made a video to kind of announce the winners on the, the 15th of December. Doug, yes. do you want to tell us a little bit about this video? Why was it special? What's, uh, what's the benefit? And are we going to do it again? Was it special because you shot it, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> that extra <laughs> little bit it. of look. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my feeling is that um, big problem that Hi-Fi has today is awareness among people. Uh, there's all this talk about getting young people into audio, you know, teenagers and stuff. They're not going to buy this stuff. It's too expensive. Market it to people who have lots of money, who have no idea that this stuff exists. And the way to get this through is, I believe, a music industry popularity type of thing. This is all about music. So uh, I met Dominique Fields and me. 
the Canadian singer. She's got four albums today. She's really good. I listened to all four albums really uh, traveling. She's really good. Buy, buy her albums. And I reached out to her manager earlier this year and I said, I would like to have her read off our products of the year in a video. And they were very receptive to it. And in fact, that kind of snowballed into the videos we first produced in the summer about her new album, Our Roots Run Deep, which is an Atmos album, a stereo album, a fantastic album and start of a new trilogy. And then uh, a couple months ago, I went back to them and said, hey, just so this doesn't get forgotten, why I originally contacted was um, to do our products of the year, to have somebody who's knowledgeable about music, cares about sound, because she really does and knows good sound. She works with a great producer and engineer, but she knows great sound and what she wants to achieve and have her um, announce the winners. And it went over really well. And I think people in the industry were surprised that we got someone of that caliber and shot the video. What did you think, Edgar? Uh, What a coup. What a coup. Because uh, it's it's quite funny because several months prior to this, uh, in kind of uh, mid-2023 at an Australian show, audio show, you'd go from one room to another and you know, you stay more than two or three tracks and you hear Dominique's track, you know. Oh, really? The, Probably you know, the Birds yeah. one. I would be, birds, I would get yeah. Birds, yeah. I'll tell you, she's got a lot of other great tracks that, that yeah, would do just as good. But people people seem to really latch on to Birds, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so it seems to be, have become a bit of a, a kind of audio show favourite. Obviously, it's a great track. She's a great singer, but it sounds good. It's it yeah. really yeah. showcases, or really you know showcases the quality that potential quality that an audio system has or can have. So it's it's used everywhere. I was in the uh, Tokyo show uh, as well in November, and maybe not quite as much as high rotation as uh, the Sydney show, but uh, nevertheless, I heard it there as well. So it's become a bit of an audiophile kind of. Uh, Staple, uh, staple died track. That's awesome. That's so cool. I so when when we were down in Denmark, uh, they actually put it on on uh, one of the systems. I forget which one, but they had one of her tracks, and we're like, "Yeah, we filmed a video with her." So that's amazing. <laughs> Next time we see them, we're gonna let them know that uh, both Sydney, Australia, and Japan also have her music on rotation in these audio exactly. shows. I mean, how, oh, yeah. how, how timely, you know? That's a, that's a great coup, Doug. Yeah, no, and um, who knows, maybe she'll do it next year. I want to do more projects with her. She's going to be working on a a new album in about nine months' time, but turned out to be the perfect choice. Very easy to work with, and she's got credibility. I mean, she's a great musician and singer, and she actually cares about sound. And so it was perfect, actually. What I find about it is when you come to a product of the year, anything – uh, it's usually written reviews and you're going through the list and it's your own voice reading it, your voice in your head kind of as you read the articles. Having somebody, one, that is in the industry and, and two, that has, um, I don't know, a different personality to kind of highlight them. For me, that's just more entertaining. I actually could sit through that video uh, and watch it and I get curious about the products that uh, that get brought up and mentioned. And then I go exploring and see what they're all about. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm really happy that came out. And you can be assured, just like we got to look for outstanding achievement winners, you can be assured that I'm already thinking about who can be the person who reads this next year. Well, you just gave me an idea. 
because hi-fi is all about the music at the the core of things would there be room for another category that talks about outstanding recording of the year well it could be but i would want it to have real credibility because as we all know there's been articles written about all the crap people listen to at hi-fi shows the same two recordings over and over again but birds is not crap but audio files tend to have very poor taste in music so i would want to make it I would want to make it credible, put it that way. You know, what we, what we need to do is to, you know, to really, really promote the high end uh, as an industry to people who, who don't know it even exists. Have a, have a chat to Taylor Swift, see what you can do. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this. There, I, I fully believe this. Say what you want about okay, Neil Young. But did anybody talk about MP3s being crap before Neil Young went on his tirade over and over and over? He had a huge influence on that message. And the hi-fi industry, I think, would be wise or companies within, not the industry. I don't see that as a whole type of thing, to latch on to their products to somebody because these people have celebrity appeal. They have broad appeal. And you get your message out. Through these people, it's it's going to be beneficial, and yeah, and also, I think I think that. Sorry, and I was going to say also uh, within other industries, why not promote high end audio to, and I think it's been done before, but also to the to the yachting uh, industry, to the yeah. to the luxury motor motor vehicle industry, yeah. to people who, yeah. and it doesn't have to be just the ultra rich luxury buyer. But to people who have money to spend on audio who simply don't know this exists. Simple as that. That's it. That's I, it. I wonder if there could be a, a correlation shown between Taylor Swift releasing a new album and sales of record systems, because I know that she releases LPs, uh, and high-end speakers. I wonder if like some of that audience is actually getting into hi-fi through her music. Can you imagine what it would do if Taylor Swift had a video and they showed her queuing up a certain turntable and they showed the brand and model of that turntable, how many people would be rushing out to at least look up what that turntable is. That'd be That'd huge. Be unreal. All right. So thank you both for coming on, uh, talking about the product of the year. Um, products, Ed, products of products. the year. That's right. Products. And I should say thank you both for coming on and talking about the products and people of the year. Exactly. Uh, just to make sure that we're all encompassing. Um, Edgar, you haven't been a guest on our podcast before. So one thing that we try and ask everyone that comes on, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the phrasing of it just a little bit to, to make it maybe a little bit easier on you. Um, right. If me and you had to jump in a car and drive across Australia, let's say, what are, the, what are the albums or what are the songs that you'd absolutely want me to listen to on that Men drive? What on are you repeat. listening to? Men at work <laughs> on repeat, right? <laughs> Uh, look, <laughs> Australia is a very, very big country. We'd be we'd be spending lots of time listening to music. Um, uh, you know, I, I love all sorts of music. I mean, uh, Tool's one of my favourite sort of heavy type, type bands. I like I like what they uh, what they talk about in their music. Uh, but musically, they're incredible. They're amazing musicians. So Tool. Uh, uh, Jeff Buckley, you know, that album, we could play, we can play that album over and over again, Grace. 
um, I've been on a bit of a stoner rock kind of vibe for the last few months where I've been playing lots of Sasquatch at a great American rock Ooh. band. Also, Callahays and a, a great German stoner rock type lo-fi band. Uh, yeah. No or, Natalie Ambruglia or Midnight Oil or anything? No, no, no. No, no, no maybe not some, giving a shout out. Some ACDC, I think. Some Akadaka, as we call it here. Yeah, How some many ACDC, people know I think. that ACDC is Australian? How many people know that? I did not know that. I have to ask you guys. <laughs> I mean, we know, we, we know they're Australian. <laughs> I know they're Australian, but... I, I had no idea. For some reason, I thought they were uh, British, no? No, 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 definitely Australian. Definitely oh, Australian. Wow. There you go. Yep. Well, shame yep. on me. And by the way, Back in Black is an exceptionally well-recorded album. Actually, it is. And I think I, very, very early when Saturday Australia first started with you, uh, Doug, I think you went through, I think, and I'm not sure if you actually Yeah, we got that in uh, went... six, six versions of uh, Back in Black. Six I had versions you guys, of... I still got your CD there, the Australian version, and which one sounds best? Because some of them sound identical, yeah. but they're, they're made from different masters and they, they sound different. So hold on, I, I need to understand this. The six different versions of the same ACDC album. CD yeah. album, and yeah. they had different sounds? Oh, they're very different. Yeah, so what we did, I think we had six or seven versions, and three of them were, I, I, can't, remember, I can't remember, but I gathered them up. They're different releases. There's remastered release, an Australian release. This. So I gathered them up, I ripped them all, and I distributed them to our writers and said, which version do you like sound best? And some of the guys picked up that these sound very similar, but they had very different sounds and they come from different masters, that sort of thing. But the Australian one was different than the other ones. And yeah, yeah I sent you, I sent you an early, not different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, an early version of the Australian one. And I actually have that on vinyl as well. It sounds great on vinyl, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. No way. Well Okay, well, yeah. I got to read this. That sounds awesome. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the, that's a good point. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. Uh, thank you, Edgar, for becoming a morning person for us. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what comes out this year. And this time next year, we can do a recap on all the products of the year for 2024. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. All the best.